Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. I am your host, Marty Becker, and the owner of Atlas Financial Strategies in St. Louis, Missouri. In today's episode, I want to address a question that I was getting on an almost daily basis several years ago, which is, are you a fiduciary? And then years went by and nobody asked me that question again. And I think the reason that happened was there was an article in an AARP publication that stated you should verify that the advisor you're talking with is a fiduciary. So now I'm starting to hear this question again, and I want to talk about what a true fiduciary really is. So where this term fiduciary comes from, at least in the financial world, is from the Department of Labor that established a five-part test nearly 50 years ago. Under this five-part test, an advisor is a fiduciary if, number one, they render advice as to the value of securities or other property or make recommendations to invest, purchase, or sell. Number two, they give advice on a regular basis. Number three, give that advice pursuant to a mutual agreement, arrangement, or understanding with the plan or a plan fiduciary. And that leads into number four, the advice will serve as a primary basis for investment decisions with respect to a plan assets. And that goes into number five, the advice will be individualized based on the particular needs of the plan. Okay, so that defines pretty much every advisor out there. But there's been this fight going on between the Department of Labor and the insurance industry for as long as I've been in the business, which is going on a decade now. And what they want to do is they want to change the meaning of the term fiduciary. And the Department of Labor keeps losing this battle. Because what they want to do is change the language in the five-part test in specifically number two, which again states they give advice on a regular basis to giving advice just once, as in the case of an annuity sale. Where is all this coming from? You know, what's this fight about? I guess the biggest problem, as far as my understanding, uh, according to the Department of Labor, is when an advisor recommends that someone moves their 401k to an IRA. Because what happens when you combine all of your money into one account under a single advisor? They can charge you management fees, which is, that's fine. That's just how the business works. That's not the problem. Or if someone like me recommends that you move your money to an IRA to purchase an annuity, then I make a commission on it. Again, that's just how the business works. Now, of course, there are advisors out there that will try to exploit this very easy rollover of a 401k to an IRA, but I think the vast majority of advisors understand that leaving your money in a 401k after you have separated service from an employer really makes absolutely zero sense. Now, why is that? Number one, your investment options are going to be very limited in a 401k. And because your options are limited, your opportunities are limited. So to put your money into an IRA where it's managed or it's a self-directed IRA just makes sense because you're going to give yourself a broader range of options 
to grow and or protect your money. Number two, the other reason that it may make sense to move your money away from an employer-sponsored plan is that eventually you're going to have to start taking RMDs in your 70s. And when you have all of your money in IRAs, you can take your RMD based on the aggregate amount of all of your IRAs. Now, what the hell does that mean and why is that even relevant? Let's say you have several different IRA accounts, which is not uncommon at all. And let's say you have one IRA that is with a big brokerage company and all the money's in stocks. And then you have another IRA at your bank and that has some CDs and it's on the money market, cash equivalents, whatever. And then you have another IRA that is maybe in like promissory notes or alternative investments. But then you have this fourth account, which is the 401k. Okay, so in this example, you have four separate accounts Three of them are in IRAs. One is in a 401k with a former employer. And each account is valued at $250,000 or a million dollars total. Now, let's say that you're in a situation to where you've never really needed this money because you have enough income with pensions or Social Security or real estate investments or a business or whatever. You've, just, you've never had to touch this money and it's just been sitting there. But now you're being forced to take RMDs. And in that year that you're going to have to take your first RMD, let's say there's a, a major downturn in the market. So the, really the worst thing you can do is pull money out of an account that has just suffered a loss because of a market downturn. Because what you're doing is you're stealing the seed that had always planted the next harvest for the rebound. And it's really just insult to injury at that point. So let's say that your RMD for that first year is 4% or $40,000 total from that million dollars you have in the separate four accounts. Now, this is where it gets important. So try and stay with me. Again, you have four separate accounts and you have to withdraw a total of $40,000. With the IRAs, you don't have to pull $10,000 from each individual account because the IRS is going to look at the sum total of all of your IRAs when they do the RMD calculation. And because of that, you can pull money from one of the other two IRAs that did not lose money, which allows the IRA that did lose money, which would be the brokerage account IRA, to rebound and hopefully make your money back. However, that is not the case with the money in your 401k because that is a totally separate calculation according to the IRS and it is not included in the aggregate amount of your overall portfolio. So you will be forced to take a separate withdrawal of $10,000 from your 401k that in this example has just experienced a loss, pay the tax, and now you have to try and rebound by an even larger percentage because you have less to reinvest because you had to pay the tax on that particular amount of money. If you can combine all of that money under the umbrella, not only would that give you more investment options, but it would get rid of that separate RMD calculation that you would have with the 401k sitting in your portfolio. And that is sound fiduciary uh, advice that you could use and justify to move the 401k to an IRA.
but apparently that's not good enough for the government. So what all this comes down to, and at least in my opinion, is this is just more regulatory control. And the most aggravating part about this for me personally is that the annuity industry is already way more scrutinized than the securities industry. We already have to do the right thing. We have to justify it to the annuity company when we do any type of rollover or just a general purchase. So what is this whole, quote, fiduciary thing really about? And why was there such a push by a lot of these financial articles to ask the advisor if they hold this title? It is a legally defined classification by the Department of Labor. But at the end of the day, it's really just become uh, a marketing campaign by the financial industry. Because I can take an online class to the tune of about $1,300, and they'll give me a little sticker that I can put on my website, and that'll say, Certified Financial Fiduciary. And then people can look at it and say, oh, look, he's a fiduciary, which I'll probably do at some point because at the end of the day, it is just good marketing. But does that really have any bearing on if I know what I'm talking about or if I'm just a complete scumbag that's going to try and screw you over for money? No, it doesn't. Because did you ever stop and think about the fact that Bernie Madoff was a fiduciary? At least by the government's definition, he was. And how did that work out for all of his clients? Not great. So what is a real fiduciary? Dictionary.com defines it as a person to whom property or power is entrusted for the benefit of another. What does that mean? The way I read it is just don't be a freaking scumbag and do what is right for the person who reached out to you for help. But how do you know if someone is really doing the right thing for you financially? First of all, Continue to educate yourself by listening to financial podcasts like this one, and there's a lot of good ones out there, because at the end of the day, no one cares more about your money than you do. But what it means for me is I have to determine if an annuity is actually a good fit for you, but not only that, will it actually leave you in a better financial position versus using some other financial product? And once we determine that the annuity is the right decision and it is actually what you want and you like it, then I verify everything through third-party software, which puts all the companies right next to each other to show you who's going to give us the best deal. That's how I prove I'm acting in the best interest of my clients. So no sales hype, no opinions, just verifiable facts. But if you go to a typical financial planner and you tell them you like the idea of an annuity, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them will try and talk you out of it. And then if you stick to your guns and tell them, no, this is what's best for me, this is what I want, they'll just kind of hurry up and present whatever they have access to so you don't take your money and go somewhere else. And because maybe you have a relationship with them or it's a big reputable firm that they work for you probably say to yourself, okay, this must be the best recommendation. Now, answer this question for me, please. If you work with one of the big brokerage companies out there and you tell your advisor you want guaranteed lifetime income or you want growth and protection from market losses and they know that they are limited on what they can offer, they know it because they're captive agents or they're captive advisors, unlike me, who is completely independent, 
and they still recommend something that they know is substandard because that's all they have access to and they don't want to lose your business, who is the real fiduciary in that situation? Is it them or is it me? It's me. Okay, so what's my point? My point is, first, I wanted you to understand what the term fiduciary really means. And second, just because someone says they are fiduciary or they have the sticker that says they are, doesn't mean they're always going to act in your best interest. So you need to do your homework. Make them prove that whatever they are recommending is actually the best recommendation, not based on hype, not based on opinion, but on verifiable facts. And again, how do you do that? You do it by continuing your own personal financial education and working with an independent advisor. Like I said, no one will care more about your money than you do. So you need to understand this stuff. You don't need to be an expert in it, but you do need to have a working knowledge of how this industry really works. As far as annuities go, one of the best ways to educate yourself is to watch my flagship video series, 20% More Spendable Income in Retirement. And then the next best way is to go to atlasannuity.com and book a short phone call with me to get all of your questions answered. And then you can also help other people in this journey by liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast, and sharing it with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it. The more you like, the more you subscribe, the more you share, the easier it is uh, to get this information in front of a lot of people. Anyways, everyone, I think I've ranted enough for this episode, and I hope you will join me again in the next episode of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. Again, my name is Marty Becker, wishing you all the best in your financial education. From the blaze of emergency response to the beacon of security and retirement, this is the Atlas Annuity Podcast with your host, Marty Becker. Strap in, folks. Marty isn't your ordinary retirement planner. He's the financial firefighter who swapped his helmet for a headset to bring you the hottest safe money strategies in retirement without an ounce of burn. From guarding lives in the face of flames, Marty now shields your savings from the unpredictability of the stock market. He's the president, the owner, and annuity expert at Atlas Financial financial strategies. Here's your host, Marty Becker. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Atlas Annuity Podcast. All information presented is for educational purposes only and is not a recommendation to implement any tax strategy, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or transfer any security or insurance products. Atlas Financial Strategies Incorporated is an insurance-only licensed entity, and any decisions to buy or sell securities should be discussed with a licensed securities advisor, and any tax strategy should be discussed with a licensed tax professional. Past performance of any strategies or products mentioned are not a guarantee of future returns. For any other questions or concerns, please go to www.atlasannuity.com.